all it comes down to is money. And I wanted yeah. a year off. I knew I wanted a year off. I also didn't want your normal mat leave. Yeah. I wanted to go traveling. Hello, Hello hustlers. hustlers. Welcome to That Freelance Life Podcast, the show where we discuss the how-tos, the ins and outs, and the highs and lows of creative freelance life in London. I'm Harriet Stockwell. And I'm Brittany Beebe. And we're creative freelancers here to guide you. Please note, we do recommend that you try this at home. Welcome back to that Freelance Life podcast with two childless women. Empty womb syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> By choice. By choice. Although you did say you were having a quite an intense smell of the flowers this morning. Potential. No, that's not a pretend, potential. <laughs> that's, I'm panicking now. That's definitely not a potential pregnancy syndrome experience symptom for me. We both um, are absolutely petrified by having children, but do want them. And I guess we were dying to just know how do how do freelancers manage having a child and being a parent as well as freelancing? Because the beauty of a perm job is, and that's what makes it sort of more appealing to people, is the security, the maternity leave you get as a freelancer. And freelancers will know if you don't work, you don't get paid whether you're sick you taking maternity leave or what? And yeah, having a job to actually come back to once your maternity leave finishes as well. You know, what I always worry about is having a child might, um, you know, put me out of touch with my network. I don't know how I'm going to respond to being a mother. So, you know, am I going to want six months? Am I going to want nine months, a year, even two years sometimes? You know, it's just kind of like, are those, those networks, those people still going to be there for me when I come back to freelancing? Yeah, it's a it's a very scary thought, and and financially, absolutely. Um, you know, again, perks of being perm, you get paid maternity leave, uh, for a certain amount of time, and then I think it dwindles down. But in any case, you get paid exactly. as a freelancer. Who ain't nobody paying your maternity leave? Exactly, exactly. So we have all these burning questions about you know parenthood in general, how to balance that with freelancing, uh, how to prepare for it financially, all these questions, and you know we feel quite like overwhelmed by it and yet there's people having babies every single day people in all sorts of lines of work but you know a lot of freelancers so who better to actually speak to than someone who's actually got this experience so really excited to share with you our very special chat with former freelancer now creative director at leo burnett host of the brilliant podcast this way up Mom to almost two with baby number two expected any day now. We literally had this chat with her on her maternity leave about to pop. Rebecca Roundtree. By the time this podcast comes out, Rebecca will probably have given birth already. So she will be a mom of two. But yeah, as Harriet said, she's literally due any day now. We actually owe starting our podcast to her and her partner who were instrumental in getting us off our feet and into our first recording. We are so honored to chat to her today as she prepares to welcome baby number two into the world. She's part of Pitch 100 Superwoman, and it's easy to see why. When she's not crafting emotive and engaging stories through a variety of campaigns for Nike, Bodyform, PlayStation, and Uber, just to name drop a few, she's interviewing leading women across the world from Google CDs to Emmy-nominated documentary filmmakers, sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly in their careers on her podcast, This Way Up. So who better to chat to about having a baby while freelancing? Get a cup of tea and get comfy for Rebecca Roundtree. Amazing. Rebecca, thank you so much. We're so excited to chat to you today as you sit almost about to pop. This is so exciting. <laughs> I'm so glad uh, that we could make this happen. Thank you for putting us into your schedule. I know that like things are quite tight for you at the moment. So <laughs> no worries. Birth. So yeah, we really appreciate it. We really do. I guess to just kick things off, you know, we've been a fan of your podcast for a long time now. Since pre-pandemic days, oh, we've been listening you. to you. Yeah, it's really awesome. And it, it was nice for us as well because it has been so inspiring to, for us to be able to listen to uh, women we can look up to that do the same oh. thing Thank yeah. you. And also your husband, your your, your partner um, actually helped us start this podcast. That's right. So I remember. Oh, thanks to you. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very handy like that. I guess to just kick things off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do? 
Sure. Uh, so you've already kind of introduced me, Rebecca Roundtree. I am a creative director now fully employed at um, Leo Burnett. I was freelance, so I'm kind of a bit of a, <laughs> a different kind of person because normally you only uh, interview freelancers, right? But yes, I was freelance. Uh, I always get this confused. Is it three, four years, something like that, maybe even more. I need to have a look. And yeah, and I'm in the advertising industry, currently at Leo Burnett, as I said, but looking after Kellogg's uh, more specifically. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good, especially when you got um children. It's like, I know. Kellogg's is like a childhood nostalgia for me. That's right, that's right. And also they like the fact that I am, because even though it's sort of, uh, it, their headquarters are in Ireland, you know, it's very much about Europe. And I'm half French, half English. So they like that kind of European look to think. But yeah. That's awesome. So you had your daughter. Um, how old is she now, a few years ago? She's going to turn two in May. Oh, wow. Were you freelance then when you yes. had your first? So what was your overall experience being freelance and, you know, deciding to, to have a baby? Yeah. So I think I need to, before, in order to answer this question in the best way possible, I need to sort of go back to why I had started um, freelancing and uh, all the things that sort of happened around that time. So it was a few years back before I was kind of like many women I think uh, thinking one day I will have a kid this is quite stressful because the advertising industry for those who don't know is quite full-on isn't it yeah. it's sort of like <laughs> yeah. very demanding and it doesn't keep to the normal schedule uh, it sort of asks you to work weekends as you both told me earlier that you worked yep. on the weekends and yep. all sorts of different things so I kind of had that in the back of my mind, but at the same time, I really wanted to give freelance life a go. And I also felt that um, the permanent roles out there was just not not the right kind. And, and also, I just, um, because I specialize in social and digital, I can do TVCs, print, the kind of more traditional sense of a creative. But really, my passion was to try and really understand where audiences are which at the moment it was mainly social and digital. Yeah. I knew, I, I just knew in the back of my mind that I needed to go and freelance in order to showcase my skill set, but also learn from the other advertising agencies out there, whether they were any good or not, because there's a lot of agencies that say they're good at social and digital and it's not quite the case. So true. But I should say that I grew up in France and in France, you don't go freelance. You stay in a permanent job in a stable, you know, nothing sort of scary. Yeah, literally, I have my friends who live in Paris at the moment and they're just like, oh, I just got my first proper stable job and they're so excited. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it is very much pushed from a very young age that you've got to get a job and that's the only way you get security. And even though rationally I sort of did the pros and cons, you get paid a hell of a lot more money, a little bit less now, but we can come back to that in terms of taxes and things like that. And uh, that meant that I could just only work two weeks a month, two weeks a month, and I would be fine. And I also love that sort of thought of like having loads of free time to do other big projects like my podcast, like my events, etc. It was really sort of big in my mind. And then a headhunter came knocking at my door and said, this agency would really love to have you as a social digital creative director full-time not freelance I was like oh that niggling voice that scared voice was like just take it you know you want to have a baby you know it'll be that sort of security that you need and also everyone knows right that in order to feel secure on your maternity leave you need to to be at your agency for at least a year in order to gain mat leave uh, money and so I went there and I'm not going to say too much because people probably could look at my LinkedIn and and (laughs) work out which uh, which agency but let's just say they were not good at all at all Uh, many men um very sexist and in fact interestingly uh, a girl that I really got on with a business director was just just came back from mat leave and they just treated her so badly I think they wanted her to leave the agency but instead you know because they can't couldn't do that pushed her out 
they they overloaded her with work that was just insane and and it was just terrible and I um and I could just see the impending sort of like worst sort of agency and being really unhappy yeah and and this woman actually she uh had a we had the terrible terrible client and she ended up like just uh leaving the conference call that's how much she just had enough she exploded and left the the client uh conference call I I think she even swore or something and she was like that's it I'm out and for me that was like okay there's a big alarm bell here if a business director who is you know got loads of years of experience this was her uh second child I can't remember now but anyway she she had you know a lot of strength a lot of confidence and she got broken down by this agency and the environment what am I going to what am I going to do it's awful so yes so sorry and I should have said I'd I'd done uh freelancing just before that so like a few months but um it kind of like I said they they were interested in me and I thought oh maybe permanent would be good I at that time I just went to like speak to my best friend and started crying and going I'd rather work in a pub I remember this as a clear as day in the bar going I'd rather work in a pub than work in this agency. They're making me so unhappy. Then I kind oh of, and she was like, I've never seen you this way. Why are you putting up with this shit? And I was like, yeah, why am I putting up with this shit? It's Love just that. Best on me. friend always has the right yeah. to follow you. <laughs> uh, so it just dawned on me. I was like, yeah, that's, that's just really, really bad. And it's not me. I've lost yeah. who I am. You know, so I then spoke to my husband that that evening and I was like, you know, I'm just so unhappy there. And he was like, yeah, no problem. Why don't you just go back to freelancing? And I was like, yeah, why don't I just do that? And and suddenly it was like the worst impending doom nightmare was kind of released in one go because I was like, I can just continue my freelance life and go to other agencies. So I ended up uh, finishing this work uh, that I was doing for them and then going to loads of different agencies. Amazing. But it was really interesting for me because loads of lessons came from that. Yes. One, that if I listened to that little voice inside me that said, you know, you must get a job no matter what because you want to one day have a kid it's it's just ridiculous and also I'd done my calculation to really like it, it was like as if there was two Rebecca's and I was having like this argument uh in my head oh, we know that like, feeling <laughs> and I was like okay but rationally it makes zero sense because you have to wait a whole year to to get this money from Matt Lee and also I, I can't remember the amount but it was just ridiculous uh small amount because this was a small agency um I mean even if it's a big agency, sometimes it's like three months full pay. That's good. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's a lot less. Sometimes it's, you know, government money. And you're like, let's say it's sort of a, a few months. That's that's nothing. Like nothing, yeah. to look to look after a kid for just a few months. And yes, you can go back into work. But the cost of uh, nursery in London is is crazy. Exorbitant. Yeah. So I, I think it doesn't. Like Matt Leave is just shit, basically, mm-hmm. if you do it this way. And I wanted to scream at the rooftop to say to other women, like, don't stay in an agency just because you're thinking, I need that money. Because if you think about it, three months worth or a little bit, you, you might as well save it. Yeah. You might as well exactly. save the money. So I, I got into gear and I, there's nothing more motivating for me than getting angry. And I was really angry at that experience. And I was like, okay, I want to have a mat leave, but I want to have a good mat leave. Yeah. And at the time uh, as well, it was around the time I read uh, an amazing book called The Four Hour Work Week. Yes. Have you heard of it? Yes. Heard of it, but haven't read it. Yeah, it's a really deceiving um, title. I mean, it's a really great title to buy it. But it's not exactly what he sort of says. It's Tim Ferriss, the uh, author, who also has a brilliant podcast, which I would recommend. Yeah. And really, his whole entire philosophy is we are, you know, pushed to to live, to work, you know, to have that kind of 
stability like and you work for other people or you even if you work for yourself but you might not be happy and and yet happiness just goes out the window and it can't happen that way no it's wild really it's not a metric we prioritize and it's it's ridiculous no and I, i i have to say growing up in france it is the opposite like you know i have cousins and family in the south of france specifically not paris i would say but who who live to you know to enjoy life most important you know and that's how it should be so that it got me started um i started thinking it would be really great if i just had that kind of ambition of just loving my work but at the same time putting away money for my maternity leave and for myself and doing my own projects and that's when it started just all falling into place and it was just brilliant. Um, I absolutely loved freelance life. I still do. There is a reason why I went permanent, and it's not what. It's not because the French little voice came back. It's it's for completely different reasons, which I'll come on to talk about. So I I think I I sort of freelanced for another two years then, and just went to so many amazing. Um, different agencies and worked out those big questions like I said of like who's good at digital and social who do I get with how best to work as a freelancer to make the most out of it and just the idea to just go I'm gonna get 530 now and I'm not gonna feel guilty because I've done my work boundaries I've done my work and if you want to pay me more brilliant I'm more more than happy to stay on but that's how that's how it works it's my time Yes, I love that. Brittany and I have had to cultivate that energy and it's so great because a lot of people don't. They kind of just carry on, carry on. Mm. But we've been burned so many times before and now we're so strict about it. That's what I love about freelance life is that there's something that happens to you, which is the only person that can sell yourself is yourself. So you've got to really cultivate that inner confidence And if you don't, you're not going to get employed again. So you're not going to have food on the table. So there is a bit of risk. But for me, that risk was kind of a fuel to to one, um, work extremely hard, but well, with sort of strong boundaries. But two, just have a lot of confidence in myself. And what happened as well by going to different agencies, one, I discovered no one knows their shit. Everyone is very... (laughs) good at bullshitting so yeah <laughs> we're in the industry of bullshitting yeah <laughs> exactly it's a it's a real bullshitter's game of like to, to the clients and then I realized I knew shitloads about my skill sets and and that was such a confidence booster that I was like well if this doesn't work out I can go somewhere else or and and actually of course, as soon as you kind of have that inner confidence, everything sort of comes to you. I didn't struggle to find work. In fact, I, I stayed at AMBBBDO for, I want to say almost two years, a year and a half. I should really remember oh, this. Wow. Um, yes, that's yeah. to actually watch you at one of your events, um, Get Shit Done. You came to the yes, office. that's right. And yeah. and it was brilliant because, you know, the, the, dy- the downside of freelancing, as you probably know, is people just get you in fix a problem, mainly uh, a pitch. And, you know, they don't care too much about you. You know, that's that's the thing that's that's hard and that's a reality. Um, and sometimes there's nothing you can do about it and you have to relinquish the fact that, that you're just there for that. But sometimes it's the opposite. And I just always made sure that I wanted to show that by having me in the room, whether it's in front of the client or part of the big brain, storms or whatever it was not brainstorm but like sort of briefings or whatever you know you'd get an added bonus and as I stayed more and more at AMVBBDO I um I got to work really closely with Nick and Nadia who are now the CCOs yes CCDs then and we were a right little gang and it was brilliant and I just learned so much from them um, and of course, I then got invited to so many different things because I was seen as a kind of the expert on social digital, but also like I added value to to their meetings. So, yeah, and, and the, my confidence grew and grew. And I guess the main thing answering your, your question is how did Matt leave can't come about? So I knew that I wanted to have a kid and I knew that 
you know, as a woman, you've got to, I mean, we've got so much pressure on ourselves. You've got to be careful with age. You've got to make sure that you, you don't wait too long, et cetera. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's, let's give it a go. And it, it still took a bit of a, t- give it, um, took a bit of time. But the main thing is by then I'd saved such a packet. Okay. I was so proud of the amount of like more money than any of my friends who've had, you know, six months, uh, full pay, uh, yeah, you know, all amazing. paid for. I just knew that I didn't even need to rely on my husband's money if I needed to, That's which awesome. was such a lovely, one thing I did realize is I hadn't calculated my tax properly. So it's probably <laughs> a little bit less after. Just, I mean, if you don't mind us asking, yeah. you were operating as a limited company at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, That's right. and you were saving the money inside your business account, or were you actually drawing it out and saving it personally? Uh, no, I was doing a bit of both to, uh, with my accountant's help um, yeah. to try and sort of minimize um, the cost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I can't remember because I am terrible at numbers, but I <laughs> I was using my accountant a lot to try and yeah. make sure that I minimize on the tax situation. Yeah, it's really scary, kind of like preparing without the security of permanent perks. It's really, really nerve-wracking. So, yeah, this is really well, great to hear. Well, it is and it isn't because all it comes down to is money. And I wanted yeah. a year off. I knew I wanted a year off. I also didn't want your normal mat leave. Yeah, I wanted to go traveling. <laughs> I love it. Insane. But again, back to the four-hour work week about, you know, engineering things so that you know, it kind of works towards your passions and everything else. This was really important to me. So, yeah, so when it came to, so then I I became pregnant and I was uh, at AMV BBDO. And that was actually quite scary because, um, as you know, there's so few women in the creative departments. and positions. In leading positions. But not only that, there's no one that's pregnant. There is no one that's pregnant. And that's really scary because you do realize how much you need to see a bump sometimes, to see how people react to you. And being the first is always scary. Yeah. But thankfully, it's it's a really nice agency. No one batted an eyelid. Uh, In fact, the other thing I was worried about is I would be put on, you know, shitty projects. uh, Because you're uh, leaving. Yeah, or that, you know, uh, like you guys, I had rolling contracts. So, like, I was really scared that they'd go, oh, no, uh, you know, you can go now, like, three months before my yeah. mat leave or something like that. But that didn't happen. It was the opposite. Uh, it was like I just did three. Well, altogether, I, I, I did four pitching is and one four. So that, but towards the end, I was doing two pitches oh with Nadia and Nick and on top of that uh Wim Stories which you probably heard about yeah. uh the Libres um campaign so I was very busy and it was the opposite it wasn't like oh Rebecca you should you know take it easy take it easy <laughs> I mean they, they were very good don't get me wrong they wouldn't like me to stay late or anything like that and also again big Thanks to sort of freelance life, I really learned how to be extremely well organized and, and, and do my, you know, pitches well so I don't stay too late and, and things like that. Yeah, it's so good. And yeah, and then so I think it was just a month before going on mat leave, I had all this money. All the perks didn't matter because I can buy myself the perks. Yeah. yeah. It's not an issue. Um, and uh, so yeah, I felt confident, and then COVID hit. So that was oh. that was great. <laughs> was there go the travel plans. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you took off um, a year. I mean, yes. How do you figure out, you know, how much money to kind of put aside while you were working to make sure that you yes. could sustain yourself for a year? That was really simple because I just knew how much outgoings I would have a month. Okay. And I just took the month that I spent the most and, yeah. and then it was just like, okay, well, I'll have enough for, for all of that. And, and so it was fine. And you saved over what the two years that you then were working. Yeah. 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 Because when you're a freelancer, you get paid a whole lot more, uh, yeah. a yeah. whole lot more. 
So, so I was very fortunate that, you know, when I, you know, I said that when I started, I didn't have to work, you know, more than two weeks a month and I ended up working full time. So if you think about it, you know, all of that sort of got saved and, and put aside. So, yeah, and I did end up traveling because there was nowhere I was going to stay uh, in the UK completely locked down. No, so, oh my gosh. Oh, where did you go? <laughs> we went to Antigua for four months. And oh, so oh, amazing. Just when Boris was about to shut down everything, uh, we just sort of left and we managed to do that. Um, you know, when the rules, you know, it was always kind of changing, but, um, just before, yeah. Had you just had your daughter here? Did you have her here? And yes. Then, and then... Yeah. Yeah. No, she was nine months old by that point, okay. Um, okay. which was quite, which was quite good because to be honest, you do need a lot of support around you and, and you need other moms who, who, you know, who are on mat leave as well. And while you were actually on maternity leave, did you pick up any work at all? Did you, you freelance here or there or? It was so one thing that was wonderful is, is um, and you know this, even at, at AMV, I was constantly getting emails, you know, people knocking on my door. So it yeah. just made me feel a lot better um, yeah. about coming back and knowing. And, you know, and I, I, and I parted ways with AMV really well. Um, they wanted me back. As you know, it's been quite difficult for them because... The pandemic hit and then yeah. they lost a lot of clients so I didn't end up um, going back because I didn't need anyone at that point it was kind of chaos yeah. yeah that's one of our big fears of you know you're taking off a year and then do you lose touch with your networks did you keep sort of in touch with people yeah so I had my events as well yes which is my get shit done events um, which is a really good way of keeping sort of uh, it's events that happens once every quarter and I invite a lot of people from the advertising industry for those who are listening and um, it's a really great way of knowing what's going on it wasn't in person but it was through um, zoom and and it was really good to know what was going on having said that one thing I wish I had done was I started my search going back out of mat leave a month before okay and I mean you can imagine Antigua very beautiful you don't really want to, <laughs> to, to be, be thinking about work. <laughs> and so I I thought, oh, yes, um, I'll start looking. And in hindsight, I wish I'd done it a little bit sooner, maybe two months before. But even then, people don't really hire you two months beforehand. So no. I don't think it would have made a huge amount of difference. The main thing is when you're out of the game, you lose that confidence that you'll definitely find a job. Yeah. And I think everything culminated in like, oh, I'm going to have to put my daughter in nursery or um, actually we ended up having a nanny in the end. But, um, you know, I'm no longer going to look after her and then I've got to go into work and my whole world is going to change. And I think totally. the culmination of all of that made me really stressed. I can imagine. And even though I was like literally speaking to so many different agencies every single week, it just for some reason it wasn't it wasn't clicking and then I did get a job straight away like a week before it's a very similar like to freelancing where as soon as you uh you're back I was back in the country and it was like yeah yeah are you free next week yeah brilliant and it was like as if there was just no issue yeah all the stress <laughs> in some ways I probably should have kept my cool but I think like I said it wasn't just about the job it was about everything that it sort of represented which I think a lot of women talk about losing their confidence and losing yep. you know that kind of fright so um it was a terrible agency um which you won't see on my LinkedIn because it was <laughs> so bad um <laughs> and uh that would never work with again but you know it was money and and as soon as I as soon as I started everything sort of clicked fell into place yes and then I worked for Saatchi for a while. And then I can talk about why I went permanent. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I should say that, so just finishing on the whole Matt Lee thing, it was a combination of just really working hard to make me feel more confident about my fears and really trying to sort of answer them. And like I said, the thing that really did that was the money. 
Yeah. And so and do you that. get government support at all during? Yes, but it was very, very poor. Uh, like, I want to say 5,000. It might be a little bit more. And then I was very yeah. lucky and privileged. And I think it's really important because I don't want people to sort of listen to this and go, well, that was good for you. But my, my husband had paternity leave um, and the best paternity leave in the country, probably, which is six months full pay amazing that's wow. why that's why you know when we went to Antigua he was able to look after our daughter whilst I was looking for jobs and doing more of my podcasts and everything else more companies need to do that absolutely yes, why is it always on us I know and I think the reason for that is because he works for a bank who are trying to attract more women with a really okay. great maternity leave but whatever you offer women they have to offer to men now, which is really great. So yes, so that was kind of the the thing. So and then, as I said, sort of the wobbly bit was coming back and knowing if I would find a job straight away, which I did, freelance job. Um, when I went on mat leave, um, as I said, I was working on body formerly breast, depending on which country you're from, with uh, Nadia and Nick very closely uh, for for the campaign that was called Womb Stories. That as Miss People know won a huge amount of yeah uh, of awards. Incredibly uh, moving. Yes, it was very funny being pregnant and giving birth just around that sort of time. Um, <gasps> oh my god! And the experience of it, I worked with an amazing, amazing strategist called Margot, and um, and the experience of just working so closely with that team made me think, this is where I need to be now. This yeah. is where. Uh, this is my gang. That was my gang at the time. And um, and we just, the synergy and, and being able to create such great work. I was like, I need to recreate that. And it sort of dawned on me that, you know, as a creative director, as a freelancer, there's only so much you can add value yeah. um, freelancing. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. And I could have continued just coming in and out of projects. But I really wanted to do more and wanted to create campaigns similar to what Womb Stories, where I have a kind of say into how it all works. And of course, when you start sort of thinking that way, your kind of mind, like things happen in life that sort of comes that line. way. And I did have, yeah, a line. And, and I did have a lot of different agencies knock on my door, I should say, for permanent. At the time, it's the height of the, when the government changed the oh what's the name of the tax uh name i just literally forgotten it which the where ir35 yeah the ir35 yeah and it was scary it still is of um going what from 20 percent tax to 40 percent i want to say so you, but... the, you still get your 19 percent corporation tax but if you're an ir35 then you kind of you're treated then almost like your perm mm. so you'll get taxed like that so you don't have those benefits of kind of having a limited company we're quite exactly like, what's the point of being having a limited company if you kind of treat it like perm anyway all the differences you get to hop around but basically it's the government trying to get everyone to stop being freelance which i find i mean this is another podcast altogether but yeah just absolutely ridiculous in the day you know the world that we live in is freelancing is so good for so many different reasons and especially during the pandemic well. I mean look how many absolutely. people yes. had to lay off when you've got freelancers you know it's fine you can just let them go exactly yeah. um so yeah but still it's um it's much better for the economy long term I think to have freelancers yeah. and not not that and it, you know you take a risk as a freelancer but if the tax is just the same as a permanent then um so yeah it was quite stressful so because there was suddenly an influx of just permanent roles people knocking on my door for permanent roles uh, i should say not me necessarily yeah, going out going to them. but as i said the kind of needing for of wanting to find my gang really being able to make a difference for a brand for a campaign was becoming really important to me and because it was then, it was thanks to Womb Story that I had faith again in the advertising industry. You know, it can really leave you burnt sometimes. You can have some yeah. really great ideas and it just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, it leaves um, you a bit cynical, doesn't it? You're kind of exactly. like, oh, well, we're just trying to sell stuff to people. Yeah. And I didn't want that. Um, and I was like, actually, we 
there is a way to make a difference in advertising. Womb Story is a, a good example of that. So anyway, the same same approach where I was like, there's so many agencies that go, oh yes, we, we know digital and social, you know, we'd love some, to have someone like you. And then you look, you know, you scratch the surface and you realize that they're not necessarily what they say they are. They don't really have the skill set. They're relying on you too much. And of course, don't forget that experience I had that made me really go into the freelance world from that horrible agency. Yeah. I just, I was so scared of that. And that was a real tension. It's like, I want to find my gang. I want to settle down. But I do not want a fake agency, one that just really, you know, are not true to their words. So again, rational hat on. And I was like, well, I'm just going to like interview the shit out of them. I love Um, that. You know, it's not about them finding me. It's about me finding them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just had loads of different conversations and Leo's came knocking on my door and I was, I was happy freelancing, I should say. So in my head, it wasn't like I, I was like, I must find a permanent job now at all, you know, because at the same time I was so so things died down about the whole RR35 and then loads of people started yes. knocking on my door and um as you know back to making very good money and almost you know semi-permanent in the sense that people would be like oh yeah can you stay longer etc so I was working at Saatchi's they wanted me to stay for a whole year and I was like I'm not sure but let's do three months and, and then we'll we'll go from there so Leo Burnett knocked at my door um for a permanent role and I had just found out that uh, I was pregnant, yes, and I was like, a part of me is like, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'll continue to have the interviews, and and also it was quite early on, so, you know, I was like, you never know, I could lose this baby, I'm not going to make any plans, I'm not going to think about the future, I'm just going to do one interview at a time which I did and it was just incredible like I have to say a part of me was just like very skeptical at first because because the industry had made me that way because of my experience with that terrible agency so I was like oh you know is this going to work and every single interview is just coming out of it like this is really really good and I spoke to Mark uh, Elwood the ECD then I spoke to Chaka, who is just the most, I mean, Mark is, is amazing, but Chaka is like a force of nature and and just like opened a, a vision of the agency that I hadn't seen at all from the outside. And she was like, she just had me when she was like, we just don't deal with arseholes. We had arseholes in, in the agency and we I got rid that. of them because, because they are horrible for, for the company. And we're just all about making great work. I then spoke to Charlie Rudd, who is the CEO there and just the nicest man. I mean, everyone was just so nice and almost too nice, of course, because then I was like, well, is, is this really true? So, yeah. And then I decided, fuck it, let's do it. Let's uh, let's take the leap, you know, and go permanent. And I am so glad I did, because not only did they say everything that they said in the interviews was true, but more. And oh, they brilliant. have such brilliant, clever, clever people there. And I found my little gang. It's so good. I had a creative director actually once when I was younger and I kept traveling and being freelance. And he's like, one day, Harriet, you're going to want to find your gang. You're going to want to have more of an impact, um, create something. I haven't got there yet, but... Well, you found your gang with me. I'm I got my yes, gang. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's my gang right there. Exactly. <laughs> and we do work with good people. I mean, just on, um, you know, going... Now going home, and I, and I guess, you know, you, you started there already pregnant. I mean, how flexible have, you know, the people that you work with been with your time, you know, when you were freelance, going back to work, has the people that you work with kind of been understanding and have you been able to be flexible while being a parent? Yeah, that's a good question. So one of the things, so I should say, you know, when I said at the beginning of putting my rational hat on when it came to the interviews and me interviewing them, I had a set of questions and one of which was, you know, I'm all about work-life balance. I am very good with my time so that I will always give 110%. But at the same time, if it's 5.30 or 6 o'clock, I will need to close the door, you know, 
if I need to sort of come back in later on in the evening, I might do that, but I don't work that way. And yeah. to be fair on them, they said, no, no, this is how we operate. And not once did anyone ask me that. Now, of course, what's been really helpful is the pandemic. Let's face it, as much as it has a lot of negative impact, the positive impact is we're able to work from home. And working from home has been a game changer because it meant that I could see my daughter, like at first she was with nanny, uh, nanny and then we put her into nursery. But it means that, you know, at lunchtime I can see her. I can be there for bath time much quicker than if I was at the office yeah, going the all the back all the way back to nursery etc so I really managed to balance that kind of need of being with her with work and so suddenly work was just really enjoyable and it was just you know it was exactly what I wanted to have but they didn't ask me once you know can you stay late can you do this uh that's really good it it's it's just been like I've done my work and not only that the client is really happy that's all that matters yeah 100% at the end of the day so I was going to say, you mentioned putting your child into nursery. I mean, mm-hmm. we know nothing about this. Are there things that you need to consider, um, you know, when you're looking for a nursery to take care of your kid? Like, you've also had a nanny. So, like, what's the difference between those? Are there pros and cons there? Normally, nanny is a cost thing. So, when you say nanny, people probably think, oh, wow, she must have a lot of money. But actually, she, we were very lucky to find someone who, who wasn't too crazy um, money-wise. We decided to put her in nursery because I think it's not very good for children not to be. Yeah. Yeah. The social you know, side on their own, the social side of it. Um, so it's kind of worked out for both, but it's still crazy, crazy expensive. So sorry, what was your question? How does it work in terms yeah. of? Yeah. Is there anything that you need to keep in mind when you choose a nursery to put your child into? Like the time not that you really. need to be there to pick them up or yeah, things you, like that? Like anything with a kid, you've got to be super organized. But like I said, I realized before I had a kid, just being super organized makes you have like better creative work because you, yeah, you're sort of pushing away the stuff that's kind of getting in the way, makes you a better communicator, etc. So, so yeah, no, super organized. I don't think there was any issues with um, or how we picked the nursery was just the kind of nursery we liked. Yeah, um, and they're all pretty much the same price, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess how would you compare being, you know, being permanent to freelance in that sense of then do you find it's more flexible either way that you can then go pick up your daughter from nursery and you can have more time with her in those two like freelance versus permanent? I see. Yeah, that's um, I think if I had stayed freelance, it would have been absolutely fine, you know, but then I think the security also comes from the fact that my husband's got a permanent job. Yeah, Maybe yeah. if he was freelance as well, that would have been a bit more scary. But, you know, then you become really good at saving and, and making sure you've got, you know, I would always say if you're a freelance, you should always have a really good savings yeah. account, three months worth at least. So you never sort of get scared. So, yeah, it made zero difference. I was very open from the beginning with work saying um, I'm going to put her in nursery in January. So that means that some days I'm going to take her in. And it means I'm not going to be able to start at nine, but 9.30. Or sorry, I was actually clear. I was like, I can start at nine, but it'll be over the phone rather than face-to-face or on okay. Teams or whatever. And not one person batted the la- uh, their eyelash to the eyelid. Yeah. Not one person batted an eyelid. <laughs> you know, they, they, they were like completely understanding. Um, again, as long as you do the work, that's how Leo sort of behaves. You do the work, your client is happy, you know. And I guess you, through your years of experience and, and the rigorous interviewing and almost, as you say, switching that, flipping that narrative of going, they want me, so I'm going to be interviewing them to see if they're for me. You find the right people to then work with you. That's right. That understand, which is really great and powerful. Yeah, it's really important. I mean, work takes up so much of your time. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be thorough and, and, and demand a bit more? But I think you can only do that if you also give back. You know, I, yeah. I'm i so proud. Like people will know that I work really, really hard, but in the right times. And, you know, and I thrive on hearing clients really happy. You know, my CV is very happy. Everyone's very happy. Yeah. It makes a difference. So, yeah, it really, really does. 
So Rebecca, what is one single piece of advice that you would give freelancers who are preparing to have children? Save. (laughs) (laughs) Save, save, save. No, really, money, money is only great when you know, one, you can spend it to have a better life and that it gives you that security. So saving as boring as it sounds, you know, I still, that all that packet that I made was just the most liberating thing ever. It made me, it was like someone had given me an award for all my great work and said, now it's time for you to enjoy it. My husband enjoyed it. Like (laughs) (laughs) some of it for himself, hence why we went to Antigua. So yeah, I would say save so you can be in control. You can be you know, whatever you want to be, you know, yeah. um, during your mat leave. My my mom instilled that from from a very young age. It's like no matter she used to say, no matter even if you're in, in a very stable relationship, being in, independent, you know, money wise is so important in general. Yeah, there's um, that sun cream song that always says, Don't rely on anyone else to support you because you'll never know when it runs out. Exactly. Yeah, it's a really good good one that. Yeah. So looking after yourself, whether it's through money or through just really analyzing what makes you unhappy and kind of, you know, as I said, I go very rational if I feel very emotional. So I felt very emotional towards my work. It wasn't making me happy. So I needed to to put these rational things, walls in place to make me happy again. I love that. Yeah. When you when you feel emotional, go rational. And Rebecca, how can we find you? Contact details, websites, your podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah, if anyone if that resonates uh, with anyone, please do contact me. I'd love to hear um more uh, from people. And if there's more questions, you know, I'm always trying to remember all the different lessons. But if you do have some questions, can contact me at this way up podcast um on instagram is probably the easiest way or linkedin etc brilliant amazing, amazing. Uh, thank you so much um Beavis, you want to take this wrap up at the end of every episode we do a segment where we mention our highs so our winsums and our lows our dim sums so it's just fine dim sum, dim sum. <laughs> but when we're low we eat dim sum to make ourselves feel better i love dim sum i <laughs> know exactly who doesn't like dim sum yeah so exactly. good So recently, the wins, I have got a few wins. I'll just say a few. It, I was sort of saying to you guys before we started this this podcast, I went on mat leave on Friday. Friday was my last day at work. And as much as it was difficult, it was a little bit bittersweet um, to leave. So kind of early on, uh, you know, I've been there six months now and some really exciting campaigns coming along. I just felt that I'd pushed the briefs and the creative work to such an extent that it was kind of going in the right way and what's so lovely with a mat leave is when you're able to sort of it was like as if I packed the perfect sort of suitcase basically Aww. yeah <laughs> uh, so that was a real win and another little win I'm really excited about is that I've got a course on I don't know if you've heard of a platform called Domestica yes oh, no oh and uh, yeah it's an online course that I had started before whilst freelancing another bonus uh for freelancing you can do things like this yes as uh, sort of side projects and it's called creative direction for social media campaigns so my Love ability it. to sort of give back a little bit to to the industry or to anyone who he wants to know know more about advertising. Yeah, where can we find it? What would be so the listeners can go find it? Yeah, so if you go, it's on domestica.org. I can send you. I can give you the yes. link, and you can put it in the note, in the show notes. And okay, um, it's a really good discount at the moment. I think sixty seven percent is what it said. So only twenty pounds. Cool. Amazing. Worth having a look. And then the low points. I guess I'll have to. Yeah, just you know, when you find your gang. Like seriously, I'm working uh, with the best business director, the best head of strategy on at Leo's on Kellogg's and the best CCD and creative teams and everything else. And it's like, it's my gang and we could do so much together. And yeah, I'm going on that lead. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, that was quite sort of difficult to sort of digest 
um, especially because I know I'm heading for sleepless nights and, oh, yeah. oh, and, and everything else. And a toddler as well. <laughs> and a toddler to go with. But, you know, actually, I should say that I'm doing the same as the last mat leave. I'm treating it as a kind of a, a time for really uh, looking after myself. So we're going to spend a few months in France and maybe in different places. So, are yeah. you taking an, another year as well? Or, um... I'm not sure. I've le left it open. Um, it just depends. And I think it's really important, actually, for any women to leave it open. Because you, it depends on the baby that you have. It depends on how you feel. Yeah, how you feel. All sorts of... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I want to leave it open and then we'll see. But again, the beauty of where I've landed at Leo Burnett is that they, uh, especially Mark, my CD, said the loveliest thing. He was like, you know, you'll never get this time back. I don't want you to feel like you have to go back. You know, oh. I want you to take your time. And, you know, not only is this important to hear from your ACD, but from a man as well. Yes. You know, uh, there is just so much pressure on women, especially in our industry. So it was just lovely. And Chaka said it as well. Uh, the CCO of uh, Leo Burnett. It's beautiful. It's, I feel like the the beauty of this chat is like find your gang that will then support you through these momentous moments in your life, and it's it is really stunning. And it's actually like made me a little teary. <laughs> so, oh, uh, I think that's amazing. That I'm important. so excited for you. Um, uh, quickly, win some, done some. Wait, let me ask you first. Have you got one ready? Yes. Okay. Cool. Harry, Mine would be this is... chat. Okay, so your your uh, this week is this chat. Amazing. Yeah, I just found this really insightful, and I mean, I think having children can be like, say, for the pressure that we have, and especially in our industry, is so daunting and so scary. And you think, how am I going to do it? And it's really lovely to have these conversations with women who have forged the path for us in a way. You know? Oh um, no! I'm... And so, thank you so much. Well, I'm glad I could help in some ways. Brittany, you're about to say your win sum. I am. So I'd say my win sum this week was drawing a hard line with overtime and not allowing our time to be taken advantage of uh, for you're weekend well work. Yeah. yeah. To Very state good. the hours we were available and the rate that we were going to work for <laughs> and to draw a hard line with it. So, yeah. Hard That's to you. Brilliant. Well done. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rebecca, and we wish you all the best of luck for number two. And yeah, enjoy thank you. that leave. Thank you, guys. Uh, lovely, lovely to speak to you, and uh, yeah, hopefully speak soon next time with a with a newborn. <laughs> yes, we can't wait. Yeah, that'll be like a part two. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show. Follow us on Instagram at That Freelance Life Podcast and DM us if there's any topics you'd like us to cover or if you've got a question to ask. If you'd like to hire us as a creative team, drop us a line. We're at That Freelance Life Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>